I figured I'm not the only one who's in this boat. I know I'm not, and nobody's talking about this, and there's no resources. So I can do something, and I'm motivated enough to do something. You're listening to Nurses on Fire, the podcast for nurses by nurses aspiring to financial independence. I'm your host, Nasima McElroy of Financially Intentional. Let's spark some flames, y'all. Have you started on your journey towards financial independence or want to do better with your money and don't know where to start? Well, this training is for you. I encourage you to head over to financiallyintentional.com live to sign up for our next free masterclass where I'll teach you the techniques I've used and taught my clients to master money and build wealth. During this free training, you'll learn the most powerful weapon you have at your disposal to launch into financial freedom the budgeting method that will free up thousands of dollars a month to achieve your financial goals, the common mistakes to avoid while paying off debt, and how to rapidly slay debt. You don't want to miss this, so head over to financiallyintentional.com slash live or click the button in the show notes to register for our next free masterclass. Hi, welcome to episode 53 of the Nurses on Fire podcast. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, welcome and cheers to igniting your fire. I'd be eternally grateful if you took a moment to subscribe, leave a review and share with other nurses that you know could benefit. Make sure to head over to nursesonfire.com slash win to find out how to be entered for an Amazon gift card for leaving a review. So how did you pay for nursing school? Funding my nursing education was a major chunk of my nearly $200,000 in student loan debt that I later went on to slay. But paying for school can be a major challenge, especially when your program doesn't support you. Through her most challenging times, Mary Kate found a way to not only pick herself back up, but to give to others in need. Who's Mary Kate? Mary Kate is the founder and president of Embrace, a nonprofit organization that was created to offer support and educational scholarships to nurse practitioner students during times of financial hardship. So in addition to her role at Embrace, she is a DMP, FMP student at Gonzaga University. She's just hours away from completing her graduate degree and looking forward to working in a privately owned women's health clinic in the Pacific Northwest. Episode 53 of the Nurses on Fire podcast. This nurse is helping nursing students in need. All right, Nurses on Fire, I'm super honored to have Mary Kate Leonard with me from EmbraceNursing.com. She has an incredible story to share with us, and I'm sure that you will learn a lot from this, and you might have a similar experience of your own. So before I give away too much of your story, I'm going to go ahead and have you give a little bit about your (laughs) background and then share like what happened in nursing school. Yes. Okay. So I am a registered nurse. I graduated with my bachelor's in 2013 and I quickly returned back to grad school. I waited just about 10 months before I applied. My thought behind that was I'm already broken, starving. So let's just 
kind of slug it out. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do with that. And honestly, I didn't think I was going to get in. So I applied with no expectations and in October, and I was accepted into Gonzaga University's post-bac DNP FNP program to start January. So, <laughs> so in January 15th. So I said, I guess I'm going to go. I mean, I don't have anything to lose by gaining more education. Like I will be able to use this. And again, uh, if I do it while I'm young, I will be able to use my degree longer and I won't be in debt, well, was my thought, as long as me going back in my 30s or 40s for my advanced degree. So I, I dove in at first. Our program is full-time, which was rough. They advised us to not work while going through our program just because it's pretty rigorous. Obviously, that wasn't an option for any of us, honestly. And so I kind of talked it out. I worked full time and I had planned it, right? Pinched every single little penny and had it calculated down pretty quickly because I didn't want to be in debt, in significant debt. I was fortunate enough to get out of my bachelor's program with pretty minimal student loans. And I feel pretty blessed by that. So I was a really, I, I just was very regimented and disciplined with our finances to make it work. And in 2018, my husband and I had our first daughter and, you know, we planned for her. Everything's perfect. She actually ended up coming a little bit early, which of course, for someone who's type A, <laughs> totally um, altered our finances just a little bit. But unfortunately, my husband was in a pretty bad wakeboarding accident three months after having her. And that was hard. I, I don't have any other way to describe it other than just difficult. And we, oh gosh, gosh, we were just trying to survive. It became survival mode. He unfortunately had such a severe injury. Like he was, um, he had multiple leg fractures and a foot injury and he couldn't hold the baby. So I'd have to do all of her care. Yeah, like, because he was in crutches and then he had to relearn to walk and that was hard. And those medical bills started to pile on pretty quickly. And it just became pretty apparent that we were going to drown in them, despite having decent insurance, we thought. And quickly enough, we figured, uh, like, we can kind of make this work. I'm starting clinicals, though. We're going to have to really tighten it up. So we got rid of all the extra luxuries, you know, like no cable, no anything, no more coffee, <laughs> like no date night. But we could then at least stay in our home, raise our daughter. Everything was going to be fine. Not a big deal. Unfortunately, that came at the cost of delaying my graduation. So when my husband ended up with his injury, we have immersions on campus. We have a hybrid program where we're required to show up and go through some testing and to prove we're keeping up to their standards. And because of his injury, I just had lost track of time. I had no clue what day it was. One day I got a phone call and it was one of my faculty members asking where I was. And I was supposed to be on campus. 
And instead, I was in a surgeon's office, you know, with my husband trying to make sure we were getting him taken care of. And unfortunately, I was removed from that course. They understood what, you know, that what happened. And they were very compassionate, but it delayed graduation by a whole term. And unfortunately, there just really wasn't anything I could do about it. So I toughed it up. I knew that was my fault. I should have been a little bit better. And then we, we made it work. Surprisingly, we made it work. And I didn't go back to work because I had started clinicals on top of that. And we were piecing it together okay. I'm pretty proud of us. And then come this year, so I'm in my last year, fall of 19, before we started, I was notified that I wasn't going to be getting all the financial aid that I needed for the term because I made too much money in 2017, which was, <laughs> didn't account, right? Like what I called them, you know, to work this out. And they were like, well, in 2017, you made, you know, this much amount of money. And it's like, I'm working full time and I didn't have a baby and I didn't have a husband who was on the mend. And there was nothing they could do. I could apply for a direct plus loan. So I, I tried to do that. But temporarily, to be able to start my program, I had to pay for the tuition. So I, I panicked, didn't really have any other options. And I put it on my credit card. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm one year out. I'm less than a year out. Let's just do this. I can make it happen. Unfortunately, I go to a private school, so like I felt the financial strain of that. But not having any debt, I thought we were going to be able to piece that together well. Unfortunately, that was not the case. I ended up picking up shifts, working just to manage the monthly credit card payment. You know that I had to. Oh gosh, when well, you can't be delinquent on your payments, and so it the stress of all that and still going to clinicals, you know, 40 hours a week, it became very stressful. So I called my advisors and I was desperate. I was crying and I was asking for opportunities and scholarships and they were sweet. They were very compassionate. And one of my faculty members shared with me a very similar story that she experienced in our same program, but 20 years ago, she essentially said like, you're just going to have to make this work. Um, which was hard. So I didn't want that to be my option. I didn't want to drown. I didn't want to feel like we were going to lose our home or not be able to make our payments or ruin my credit, all the different things. And so I started scouring online for other opportunities for scholarships or grants or anything and anything I could get my hands on. And it became very apparent that there weren't opportunities for nurse practitioner students especially in times of financial hardship, like traditional scholarships are, you know, annually or biannually. So it's not like I could reach out to somebody and say, hey, can you select me as your recipient? Oh, and can I get that now? Not, you know, in January or fall start. So my, <laughs> my husband and I, we sat down, we really tried to talk it out and it just made most sense to sell our home to be able to pay for tuition. So, and that was our first home and that was going to be our forever home. Um, but you know, family is family and we could live in a box, like as long as we're together and we're, that's all I could really care about. So 
you know, I, I called my faculty members and advisors and I said, this is what I'm about to do. There's got to be something else. And they're like, there's, there's not, there's nothing else. And they were super apologetic. And so I called them on a Friday, talked that out on Monday. I called a realtor and got our house on the market. And we turned that around really quick, so quickly that it sold. Luckily, we were blessed in 24 hours after being on the market. But that was like a week, 10 days before social distancing went into effect here in, here in Washington. So we couldn't find anywhere to live. That's the other thing. So not only did we just sell our home, we have nowhere to go. <laughs> so that was really hard. That was tough. But we took the proceeds that we made off our home to pay off my credit card and to pay for tuition for this semester. Kind of, we were kind of stuck. And so I decided I needed to do something about this because then my program suspended clinicals and delayed graduation again. And so I figured I had to do something now. I had a little bit of extra spare time on my hands and I developed Embrace. I figured I'm not the only one who's in this boat. I know I'm not, and nobody's talking about this, and there's no resources. So I can do something, and I'm motivated enough to do something. And I took a little bit of seed money from our home and built Embrace and launched it last week. So two weeks, two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's had such a great response thus far. And I guess I can tell you a little bit about Grace and our mission. And <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. But there's still like, there's like so much you shared. And I just want to unpack a couple of things because like, the whole time I'm like, oh my God, heart wrenching. Number one, it's kind of always hard to anticipate emergencies, but it's crazy that you felt like you had all the good insurance, yet and still your husband was in this accident and you ended up basically just like scrimping by from being in a good position, from being a good steward, from being a good steward of your money to just like barely scrimping by just to pay medical bills. And that is the situation in this country. The cost of our healthcare is so so high and it's ironic because we're in healthcare and we see it but it's like we're not it's frustrating to know that you can lose it all just from one bad accident and so yeah I commend you for like doing what you needed to do to get through that I'm still like confused why they were looking back at 2017 like how is that even okay number one I don't understand how they do that to determine your 2019 eligibility. So that doesn't make sense to me. And it, and it speaks to a lot of the just kind of antiquated things in our financial aid systems. And so I think it makes you heavily dependent on student loans, even if you don't want to be. There's no real system about being socially responsible for being in school. And I think that is more you know, like a structural thing that needs to change as far as policies, because basically schools have a lot of free range on how much they can charge and get away with. And that's why the student loan debt crisis is so high. But I mean, that can be a whole nother podcast. That's super, it's just unfortunate that, you know, just to go to school, we feel like we have those, we, we have to make those choices. Like, oh my God, like you put this on your credit card. And I know because I can tell that you're very thorough and diligent about your money. Like that was like the only choice that you had. But I mean, like people would say, well, why didn't you just like 
take off of school instead of choosing to do that? Like, why did you make that choice? Let's just go there. So I made that choice because I was just that close. So our program is a five-year, just over five-year program. And I was, I'm just almost done. I'm almost done. And I was a little scared about taking time off just not being able to return. And if I had that, you know, the, the six month grace period, I, I just couldn't plan that accordingly to work for our family. Um, and I would have had to start making payments on, you know, on the loans that I've accrued. So it was kind of like both situations were horrible. <laughs> and the other thing that was really important for me is I wanted as much schooling, uninterrupted schooling, so I could go take my boards. I, I didn't want to lose any of, you know, the information, what I've retained, you know, I wanted that to be in the forefront of my mind because that is the most important part at the end of this is just, you know, getting through your boards. And we, man, we tried, we figured I could do nights, like I can do nights or I can do weekends. There had to be something else. And I picked up as many shifts as I could. And um, it just wasn't, it wasn't enough. I get it. Like, I know, I know that feeling. And and it's just like, you have this plan also. And like, you've already been derailed in so many other directions. Like the total derailment just seems like you have to put a hard stop. And it seemed like you were also just using your credit card as a bridge, thinking that, okay, in the meantime, I can apply for these things. But the thing is, is that, so your financial aid office was looking at your 2017 income, but when you go to apply for a loan or anything like that, they're going to look at your current income. And if you don't have anything, you're not going to qualify. So that's what I'm saying. Like the system is so broken and it's so unfortunate that you were able, that you had to sell your house, but fortunate that you did it in a time where you actually could sell your house. So dang, that really, really sucks. Like, so where did you guys end up going after you sold your house? I'm known as a debt slayer because of the $200,000 in student loans I slayed in two and a half years. I hated those loans and dealing with the loan servicers. I was head down and focused and wanted to get rid of the debt as soon as possible. Knocking out these loans and seeing a zero loan balance was one of the most liberating feelings I have ever felt. But recently I learned that by not optimizing my student loan payoff strategy, I lost money. I'm talking about big money, y'all. I could have saved $80,000 if I had a customized student loan plan by the team at Student Loan Planner. Please don't make the same mistake as me. If you have student loan debt, especially in the six figures, head over to studentloanplanner.com slash financially intentional to get your customized student loan plan today. Do you know how your retirement funds are invested? Do you know how much you're paying in fees? Chances are you're on the same boat as some of my coworkers. Some of them set up their retirement when they first got hired and never looked at it again. Some have let a computer select their investments and don't even know what they're invested in. Worst of all, some people have their retirement funds sitting in a savings account and they're not even invested in the market because they're afraid to lose money. That's hella scary, y'all. What's even scarier is that some of you listening don't even have a clue what I'm talking about. And guess what? This is super common. This has to change today. Let Bloom do the work for you. 
head over to financiallyintentional.com slash bloom and get your free retirement account analysis. They'll check and see if your retirement account is optimized for you and they'll let you know if you're paying too much in fees. That's Bloom with three O's. Bloom can also manage your retirement account on an ongoing basis so you can take the stress out of retirement planning. If you choose to work with Bloom, their fees are incredibly low, less than your Netflix subscription. You have enough to worry about. Let Bloom handle your retirement account. The hardest thing you'll have to do when it comes to your retirement is remember that Bloom is spelled with three O's. Head over to financiallyintentional.com slash Bloom. Remember, spelled with three O's and get your retirement account squared away today. <laughs> That's a great question. And admittedly, I, we are living with my parents, you know, and we're so lucky. They have like a little guest suite. So we kind of have our own space and we're so blessed in so many ways that they were like, just, you need to come here, <laughs> just come here, sit down, get through school and we can piece that together. And honestly, I needed that. I didn't know how much I needed that extra support, especially, you know, now my daughter's two between my, <laughs> between my husband and I, you know, and he's working and he's going to grad school as well. Just having the extra hands and the extra support has been uh, just so helpful in so many ways. And at first I was a little hesitant. I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe we're about to move with my parents, but you want to know something? I'm we were desperate and this will actually give us the opportunity to not hurt, you know, just get our head above water a little bit, you know? So, and during a pandemic too, I'm like, like, <laughs> you know what though? It worked out. It worked out. And I think that it's totally a, a privilege to, and you know, a great opportunity to be able to even have parents to <laughs> stay with. So I just got to look at it like that. Like everything happens for a reason. And like you said, you didn't even know how much you needed that support. And so, you know, during these times, I mean, I've had to do that. I've had to move back in with my grandfather or my dad at certain times. And it's been a total lifesaver, but I know so many people that aren't fortunate enough to have that family. So you know, I, I really feel like, you know, I am very privileged in that regard. And so I don't take that for granted, even though it might look like a setback, it's really a, a step up. It's a step forward and it's helping you get, get you back on your feet. So, you know, kudos, <laughs> lucky you, you know, <laughs> yeah. It totally is a blessing and, you know, it helped too. So my mother a couple of years ago helped launch a different nonprofit in so you know, having this downtime and then living with her to be able to collaborate with her on how to approach this and, you know, the wording to get, you know, our tax exemption status. Like I've never done anything like this before. I've only been in healthcare and to be able to sit with her next to her and be able to just, you know, talk through everything. It, it really did work out. It, I can't complain by any means. <laughs> No, and that's awesome to have that support. But let's dive in. That's a perfect segue to talk about Embrace Nursing. So talk about it, what the mission is, and what you hope to do with it. Yeah, let's do it. So our mission is to provide scholarships and financial support to nurse practitioner students who are experiencing financial hardships. 
And our vision, I guess that's the best way to put this. Our vision is a future where nurse practitioner students have the support carrying the financial responsibilities of higher education, AKA, we don't want you doing this alone. You don't have to do this alone. <laughs> so my thought is, gosh, in, Embrace is still growing. So it's like definitely in its infancy and it's constantly evolving. But we, and as you I'm sure have experienced with, you know, communicating with so many other nurses, we need a scholarship program or, you know, nonprofit organization who can help during times when you need it, not like waiting for it. And so our approach is to definitely be here whenever you need it. Now, like I said, I don't, <laughs> I had to sell my house to be able to pay for tuition. So the seed money for this has been really minimal, but we've had donations start to flood in a little bit. And in our first week, we had um, just over $1,500 come in, which was huge. And we quickly turned that around and offered it to our first recipient. And she cried. Like, uh, it, uh, and you want to know something? We offered to buy her books. Like, that's all we can really afford to do. And to hear how grateful she was and how then she said, I want, you know, like I cannot contribute to Embrace right now, but I will, I promise when I am done, I will give you as many donations as you need. You know, she was like, this is obviously something that we as nurses and future nurse practitioners need. This is a service that will be highly utilized. And so, like I said, because we're so small, we are going to start with like purchasing books and paying for app subscriptions, you know, like to up to date or Hippocrates, um, paying for your lab fees. Cause I think one of the hardest parts about graduate school is you pay tuition. And then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, we need you to buy all these other things. And you can think you had it figured out to a T and then all of a sudden you're dropping a couple hundred dollars for like an app who has the extra cash for that. You know, our, hope is we could do a lot more. Um, but in order to, I don't know, we were just trying to make sure that we were servicing our students appropriately. That made the most sense right off the bat. And additionally, we're going to try to reach out to companies like Chegg and um, gosh, up to date or Hippocrates to see if they would be willing to donate like gift cards or book or excuse me, you know, free subscriptions and maybe that would help us, you know, supplement the contributions because the fundraising part is hard, especially when you're still a full-time student and you're working and trying to make that, you know, get the message out there. So that's how we figured we'd approach this. In addition, we have worked very hard for these donations and I, the board and I didn't think it really made sense to just cut checks to students. I, this is, embraces <laughs> embraces my baby. I love it. I put so much into it myself. So many other people have too. And I just wanted to do right by the people who were donating and their not only their money, but you know, their time by making sure that the little bit of money that we are giving out is going to the right things, not just like, oh hey, I have a couple extra, you know, hundred bucks here. Maybe I'll go buy shoes or something like that. That could go to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, but it's this is the great thing that you're doing and you have established it as a nonprofit. So it's a 
Yes. Yes. A 501c3. Well, we're pending. Yeah. So we're pending. Right. But I mean, but once you get that, I mean, like, but even at a micro level, you can still donate and make a huge difference in a nursing student's life. I mean, yeah, those lab fees, those app fees, just like a cut, like imagine like just if you were to give a couple dollars and that, and that was crowdsourced with a whole bunch of people that can give a, a couple dollars, like it will make a difference in somebody's nursing career. And it'll give them a leg up in the future because the less we're, we have to take on in debt. And it's a shame that we feel like, you know, like student loan debt is pretty horrible in itself, but at least it's at a low enough interest rate that it's manageable. But credit card debt, which people are sometimes forced to take on, is not, you know, especially if they're encouraging you not to work and you don't really have an income. It's challenging to pay that back. And so I love what you're doing. So let uh, the Nurses on Fire community know how they can donate because I'm sure there are plenty of people out there that would like to donate. Or if there's anybody interested, how do you select recipients of your awards? Awesome. Okay. So in regards to recipients, so we do have a criteria that we are asking our students to meet. We have a GPA requirement. We do want you to have at least one year of your program underneath your belt, just to make sure, you know, like they're invested in it. (laughs) The first term students, sometimes people just say it's enough. I can't do it. And they drop out. So we want to make sure they're committed to their program. Um, In addition, they're going to explain, write a little essay about why they want to become a nurse practitioner. And we have asked for two letters of recommendations, one from a faculty and one from colleagues. And then we actually have a step two where we will then set up an interview with recipients and we, with one of our board members or multiple of our members and get to know you. We want to know your story. And I think for me personally, I felt so vulnerable in, you know, during this time and even now, like getting this launched, like here, I'm sharing a very, very personal story and I'm not sure how people are going to react and there could be some, you know, criticism, but I want to connect a more emotional level with the students too, especially if this is a time of financial hardship, like due to an accident or X, Y, Z, like we can also offer support in that manner too, not just financially, but yes, we understand. We know how hard it is. If you just need to talk it out, man, like we are here to talk to you about it. So um, that is different. That's a little bit different. And then our board will kind of meet and determine if, you know, you are the right fit. And eventually our hope is, like I said, is to just essentially be able to help everybody who applies right now, since our funds are so low, our donations and our contributions are not where we, you know, would like them to be. But I have a feeling this will pick up we do have to be, you know, a little picky and just make sure that we're picking high quality NP students who are actually going to go out and change the world too, and are really grateful for the help. So they can apply online through our website, which is embracenursing.com. And you can just click the apply button. And we are focusing our efforts locally right now. So in the Washington area, just because, just because we're so small, we do have high hopes of growing and having essentially a board for the different areas of the states because this is going to be needed all over in the Southwest, Midwest, East Coast. We could all use a little bit of extra help. So 
like I said, we have big dreams for that. And then contributions. So you can donate on our website. There is a PayPal button, just click donate and you can choose your amount and that kicks it over to us. If you can't donate, there's so many other ways that people can help us and they can do that by sharing our name, getting us in contact with somebody who might be willing to donate. The other thing is too, is if anybody has connections to gosh, big business or companies who'd be willing to do gift cards or, you know, a couple free subscriptions, anything like that. It doesn't necessarily have to be just money. Or if you know anybody who's willing to do some merchandise for us at a really great discounted level, so then we can sell it and make it, you know, a little bit of a profit off of that, that for Embrace, that would be awesome too. We're kind of are open to all the ideas and all the avenues because we don't want to close any doors. We want to be able to do a lot of good. So just reach out. If you think that there's somebody who can help us, man, shoot us a, an email. I will respond pretty darn quickly because like I said, it's my baby and I am, I'm excited to get this going, you know, get it off the ground and do some more good. Well, I really thank you for turning your story of adversity into an opportunity to help others. So many people could just use this as an opportunity to kind of wallow and woe is me. But instead of doing this, you found cracks in the system that needed to be mended and you took it upon yourself to do it. And so I want to commend you for that. I'm super proud of you and I'm super proud of the mission for Embrace Nursing. You guys, please donate anything that you can help and if you do have those connections, please reach out on the website. So everything is at embracenursing.com. Yes. And so make sure <laughs> to head over there. Make sure to give Mary Kate some love. Follow her on all the socials. I'll have all your social handles linked below. And again, I just want to thank you so much for being vulnerable, sharing your story, but turning your tragedy into triumph, not for yourself, but for so many, not just for yourself, I should say, but for so many other people. And, and it's still in its, its infancy. And so I'm looking forward to just seeing your glow up and all the wonderful things you're able to do in the world. And you're not even finished with your MP program. And I think that that is so dope that you are just giving back and you're still in the trenches, girl. So I commend you and I want to thank you so much for just being here and sharing with us. But most importantly, I want to thank you for the service that you're doing for the nursing community. Oh my gosh. No, thank you. And thank you for reaching out to me and finding me. I, I'm so grateful for the opportunity. This is this is going to be huge. And I'm so glad that we connected and have this partnership now. I'm feeling pretty blessed. Out of her own strife, Mary Kate saw a problem and didn't wait for anyone else to fix it. She stepped up to help fellow nurses get through troubling times so they didn't have to go through what she had to face. Giving, even through her own adversity, is a true sign of abundance. Lesson number one. Though in its infancy, Embrace has an ambitious mission. Our mission is to provide scholarships and financial support to nurse practitioner students who are experiencing financial hardships. Lesson number two. It's really sad that when it comes to financial issues, there's a serious lack of support at educational institutions. So 
I called my advisors and I was desperate. I was crying and I was asking for opportunities and scholarships and they were sweet. They were very compassionate. And one of my faculty members shared with me a very similar story that she experienced in our same program, but 20 years ago. She essentially said like, you're just gonna have to make this work. Lesson number three. Wondering how you can support Embrace? So you can donate on our website. There is a PayPal button, just click donate and you can choose your amount and that kicks it over to us. If you can't donate, there's so many other ways that people can help us and they can do that by sharing our name, getting us in contact with somebody who might be willing to donate. The other thing is too, is if anybody has connections to gosh, big business or companies who'd be willing to do gift cards or, you know, a couple of free subscriptions, anything like that. It doesn't necessarily have to be just money. You've been listening to Nurses on Fire. If you want to learn more about me or my guests, check out our show notes page. If you found value, please support our show by supporting our sponsors and affiliates also listed in the show notes. If you like what you're hearing, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, or whatever podcast app you're using to stream this show. You guys, tell all the nurses in your life to subscribe. (laughs) And if you know a nurse with a compelling money story and would like me to feature them, shoot me an email at nasima at financiallyintentional.com. All right, y'all. Much love and keep them fires blazing. Thank you for listening to my mommy's podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Bye-bye.